San Antonio, Texas. How's it going? This is episode two of Sporting Around in San Antonio. I'm Jake alongside my good friend here, Chris. How's it going? Uh, today on episode two, we're going to cover a lot of Spurs stuff. We got Spurs draft that happened last week. You got free agency that starts. When's it start? Tuesday? Is that when it starts already? I think so. Yeah, man. Free agency starts Tuesday. We got Olympic hoops. Pops turning things around. Patty Mills is taking this nation by storm. Uh, we we get the MLB trade deadline, and we're gonna announce the official baseball team of this podcast later on. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. This is episode two. Hit. There's our team song right there. <laughs> you know this is being recorded, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, here we go. Here's the Spurs draft. Let's get into that. So, Christian, I'm a Maverick. You're a Spur. So, who did your Spurs draft? You know, they had, they had pick 12, didn't they? Yep. So, who did they draft? We got Josh Primo out of Alabama. 18-year-old who was also the youngest player in the draft. Well, you know, um, I mean, played under Saban, so... Not a good, not bad. Yeah. Very disciplined. Yeah. yeah. He's, re- he's ready for Is he a receiver pop. or corner? What was <laughs> I guess he could say he's a quarterback. Yep. Cool. Right behind that one dude the Patriots got. Now, but anyways, Josh Primo. Guard, right? Yeah. Guard. What is, what's the one thing, me and you said the Spurs needed going into the draft? Shooting. Shooting. Yep. And that's what they got with this young pup. Untapped potential, 100%. Yeah, he's like 15 years old. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's like I said last week in episode one, the Spurs aren't a player away. Yeah, They're exactly. about three, four players away. So they need to develop guys. And we, Our main priority right now should definitely be finding the next star, you know? That's right. Maybe, uh, maybe Jay Primo, you know. What is Primo in Spanish? Cousin. Maybe Josh Cousin can uh, be that next guy. You know, it's probably going to take him three, four years because he's, yeah. like we said, 15 years old. But he'll, he'll only be 21 at that point. Yeah, so. exactly. He's yeah. 18. He's young. He looks like he's about 12 when you look at him. <laughs> yeah. They picked spurt. him up from the AAU. Yeah, and his little Spurs cap. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what do you think about him? My initial reaction watching the draft, everyone was talking about Sengen and like Kai Jones and people like that, maybe Franz Wagner or whatever. Like a variety of people there. Even, uh, who's the guy from Arkansas? Moses Moody. Even that guy was there, he can score. So everyone thought we'd get something like that. So initially, because I hadn't even heard who Josh Primo was at the point in time, I was shocked and frustrated by remember, the fact that... I remember you were... So I was watching the, the draft on my couch over there. And you were all mad. And I fell asleep. And I woke up and you were tweeting positivity out. Yeah. So you did, you had a little 360 on old Josh Cousin. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, I can't hate the, hate the guy for us maybe reaching. But then again, some reports started coming out that said... It wasn't so much of a reach. Like I heard a rumor uh, from a source that said the Knicks tried to offer us 19 and 21 for 13. 
and we didn't believe that he'd make it past or make it to 19, so we picked him at 12 instead. Man, I don't uh, know. That'd been 19 and 21. Yeah, we could have had still Kai Jones and like Sengun or like just anyone else really. Like I mean, I would like, never uh, draft a Longhorn, but yeah, I mean, you could have definitely got that. Man, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear that. Yeah, so apparently, and like a lot of people were trying to get our pick, but we that just proves how I guess the front office saw something about Primo that a lot of us didn't see. Because to really be that sold on a player and just know that you're taking him at 12 because you don't want to risk him going anywhere, anywhere else, even for two more first round picks in a good position, I mean. Yeah, so only time will tell. But I do think this guy has good potential. Like, I think he'll definitely make a good role player at minimum in the next couple of years for... I just uh, don't think Pop will play him at all next season. No, he's going to take probably at least a year or two. That's got to be frustrating. Am I wrong? But also, Tony Parker came in at 19 years old. And within five games of the year, I think, he took over the starting job. Yeah, but... So only time will tell. Maybe this guy comes in and he's ready. Like Keldon Johnson, he spent his first season in the G League. Then he started coming back up, and he he showed signs and flashes that he could help the team win. And here we are. So it it all just kind of depends on what happens, but we'll see. Yeah. So I read an article on the Athletic. Shout out to the Athletic. Our that is the official sports reading website of. Of the podcast. <laughs> but anyways, The Athletic, it was an article about Josh Cousin by Kyle Tucker. Astro, outfielder, I think he's riding as well. But anyways, <laughs> and he talked about how Josh Primo was on, you know, he was on a very good Alabama team last year. There's a lot of stars, you know. If you think back, they were a two seed. And, you know, they went, I don't even remember when, I know they lost to UCLA, but was that, Sweet 16, Elite 8, can't remember, but... 32 or Sweet 16, I think, but... But Josh Primo was going into the NCAA tournament with a strained, or sprained MCL, okay? Yeah. And, you know, Coach Oates, the Alabama coach, the other one, not named Saban, he said, uh, you know, they didn't expect Josh Primo to play because he was hurt, and and they knew he had... uh, you know, this draft possibility, and he might sit out. But Primo decided to play 100%, and, and he played, and he helped him in that tournament. And he, he uh, in this article, Nate Oates compared it to Jalen Waddle, the receiver for Bama. You remember how he was hurt, and then he came back in the national championship game? Yeah. So, th- and then he said uh, – he just cares about winning. He's a team guy. And, you know, when I think of San Antonio Spurs basketball, that's the first thing that comes to mind is team guy. So maybe Josh Cousins a perfect fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I know the guy can shoot, and he's extremely young, which is also a positive thing when you look at it as far as a potential standpoint. How old is the Mustang? 21. Okay, so... Recently turned 21, I believe. So you could have 24-year-old Mustang and 21-year-old cousin. Yeah. And if we keep Murray, Murray's going to be 28 at the time. 
if assuming we have Vassell, people are forgetting about Vassell and Simonich. They're both, I think, twenty and twenty-one hey, as well. Did you see the uh, summer league team roster? For who? The Spurs. They just released it. Yeah, Vassell and Jones are going to be on it. Yeah, we're forgetting about Trey Jones, too. Well, dude, Luke is not on it. Yeah. The other Luke. No, yeah, he's healing a hand injury. Soft. Josh Primo would play. But anyways, in round two, I think it was, what, 41 or 44? One of them. Yeah, something like that. They took the the swing man from, from Iowa. Yep. Joe Wiskamp, I think, is how you say it. Weiskamp. Is his name Joe? I don't know his first Jordan? name. Jordan? Joe? I don't know. I, uh, honestly, I just know his last name. White but... dude from Iowa. Yeah. And then again, we talked about shooting another great shooter. And unlike Primo, Christian, this is a guy that I think could help day one. Yeah, definitely. His shot, he could come in and make shots in the NBA for any team next year. Now, I, I don't know as far as his defense and other development or his other flaws that he might have, but shooting-wise, off the bench, at the end of the bench, I think he could really develop into mm-hmm. that. I do see him also joining Primo in the G League for probably a majority of this next year to just work on those little things you that think? the Spurs want. Yeah. I mean, well, I we'll, we'll see, but I he's, mean... He's not 18. He's I think he's 20... Well, he's a junior. He was a junior in in college, so he's yeah. probably what twenty, twenty one, something like that. But uh, he, what we do sometimes too with certain players, when even if they look like they can produce, if they're not going to get the minutes that we want them to get in the NBA, then we just send them to play in the G League. Then we'll call them up for like on like a weekend, and then they'll play or like back to back nights. They'll maybe play the second night of a back-to-back or something like that. So he'll definitely see the G League, I'm sure, just so he can get the 35 minutes of playing time a game and then work on those little skills, get more comfortable with better competition. Yeah. Well, one thing, though, about Wisecamp, he started every single game of his Iowa career. Okay? He's a good shooter. And then I was reading some article about him, and it talked about his points per game. It increased every single year he was there at Iowa. I think it went from like 11 to 18 to 19 or something like that. So, I mean, he's shooting, not, he's shooting not a three. Up. No, but he's a, I think he's a veteran guy that can, you know, come off the bench and give you 10, 12 minutes a game, day yeah. one. He kind of reminds me of like he could end up becoming like a Joe Ingles type of player, that kind of. You know, he's, he's wearing Matt Bonner's number. Yeah. So we see the red rifle. We called him the red mamba. The red but, mamba. Yeah, but so I'm curious what we'll call this guy. But we'll yeah. see. I don't know. He'll, he'll definitely see. I I could see him definitely joining the team for a majority of the year, but I also see us wanting him to get the playing time in the G League. If he's not gonna like, if he's blocked up here, say, heading into uh, our next topic a little bit, but. Depending on some of our free agency acquisitions, that could determine where he kind of lands next year or this upcoming year. But, yeah. So if you had to pick one, Josh Cousin or Wisecamp, who who do you think gets more minutes next year? Wisecamp. Yeah, I agree. How would you grade your Spurs draft? A, B, 
D, C. How would you grade? I'll go with a C because it's a very big gamble on Primo. Yeah. But then I do really like Weiskamp in the second round. I feel like that's a because he's gonna make a solid role player in the NBA. Yeah. Is he ever gonna be a star? I'm not sure. I'm not too too familiar like with some of his tools, but I know the guy can shoot threes well from anywhere pretty much, and that's pretty much gonna get you a job anywhere in the NBA. Another thing is the Spurs are young. You know, there's, yeah. those other guys are still developing, so maybe those guys take that step this year. Yeah. And we won't even remember Primo until two years from now. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's going to be stashed, and in yeah. three years, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we have that guy still. But anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Changing segments now. So now let's go. Francie starts Tuesday, I believe. Oh, by the way, this podcast, I probably should have said that. Can you edit this and put it at the front? Like I said, hey, this podcast is, what's the being recorded on Sunday, August 1st. Put yeah. that in front. I'll try. <laughs> Anyways, but we're going to talk about Spurs, free and see outlook, okay? And I wrote down a couple topics here, so I'm just going to run, run by you, okay? DeMar DeRozan to the L.A. Lakers. Tell me, tell me about that. What do you think about that? you think it's going to happen? I think that would become the worst three-point shooting team in NBA history. That's for sure. You'd have Westbrook, DeMar, LeBron. AD, I think, would be their best three-point shooter. No, no, actually, Mac McClung. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it, like currently as it stands, if he's on their roster, he would be their best three-point shooter. Okay. Maybe eighty. It's because they have three guys on their team. Yeah. So Mac McClung, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Mac McClung's awesome because he's gonna end up playing for them because they have three players." Yeah, a roster that literally has three players. It drives so. me insane. Oh gosh! Did you see Coach Beard's tweet to him? Yeah. He'll play. He'll play. Whatever. I saw Mark Adams tweet to him too. Yeah, he just had to do that. But anyways. <clears throat> DeMar DeRozan looks to be like he ain't coming back, correct? Oh, he's not coming back. So we're going to go ahead and our, we got a huge Spurs phrase billboard in here. and We're going to go ahead and cross DeMar DeRozan off that list. So let's move on to another guy that John Collins. I think he'd be a perfect fit for these Spurs, but it looks like he's going to re-sign with the Hawks. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying I think it's between us or the Hawks for a couple months now, as it start like as rumors have kind of swirled he's about. He's restricted it. free agent, right? Yeah. So if we offer him, they can match whatever offer. Yeah. The question is whether they want to offer, or match. Like if we give him, because I know we're one of the few teams, yeah, or, real or like the only team, a lot of yeah. cash. and we wouldn't have to move any pieces around to yeah. uh, pay him that much money. So it would kind of come down to. Atlanta wanting to pay him a fully maxed contract, knowing that they have free agents coming like in the next couple of years. Because they're a very young team in Atlanta, but and they're not going to be able to keep everyone. So we'll see. But I'd love him. I think he'd be a great fit, and he'd make it really exciting to watch. Yeah. 
Because he's a kind yeah, of, I would love to watch him on the Spurs. I've always been a big yeah. fan of JC, especially next to Pirtle. I wouldn't even that mind would help Pirtle actually yeah. too. I wouldn't even mind JC going to my Mavs either, but who knows what my Mavericks are going to do? But now I'm going to name you three <laughs> names that are really possible for your Spurs. Okay, one Zach Collins, another one Laurie Markinen, and then another one Kelly Oubre. I'll tell you right now, I do not want Markkinen at all. Why? Because to me, as a, like I understand, Markkinen is a much more NBA-ready player than Lucas Simonich is. But to me, at that point, when you have Lucas Simonich on a, a good rookie deal right now, why do you want to give Laurie Markkinen like, max money or a lot of money guaranteed for a couple of years? Then you're pretty much, at that point to me, giving up on Luca, and you're just trying to block anyone at that position going forward. That's yeah. that's how I see Markkinen, because, like, what, he, he can shoot the three pretty well, he can score, but he's not a great defender. See, Luca's proven he can defend pretty well, and he can hit threes, but he's still a what very big project. What position does Luca play? I'd say primarily the four. Three or four. Yeah. Well, the, so him, so Zach Collins and, and uh, Markkinen, those are fours, right? Yeah. Four centers types. Thing is, it, it I'm not against marketing, but I'm against how much money he's going to cost. When we have a guy like Luca who's on a team-friendly deal and could potentially be better than marketing. If he becomes... Uh, if he lives up to the potential, he can potentially have. But yeah. we'll see. Another guy, Zach Collins. You know, as a career, he's averaging five points. And four rebounds. So See, you're getting a five and four guy. He's been hurt a lot. Yeah, it's true. And he was, I mean, he's on the Blazers. They have, you know, Nurkic yeah. and they used to have someone else that played a lot, right? Like See, Aldridge? Not while he was there, but. He wasn't? No, this guy's only been in the NBA for like three years. Yeah. How long was Aldridge on San Antonio? Since like 2014. Jesus Christ. Right Spurs around great. There. Anyways, do you like Zach Collins? I wouldn't mind him because he'd be cheap. And if he pans out and has and lives up to the potential, he came into the NBA because he was picked 10th overall by Portland. So clearly he has some sort of potential there. Or they saw something in him. But, yeah, if, he, if we could get him cheap for a couple of years and he works out for us, then... It's a steal, and it, it works out for him, works out for us, and it doesn't cost us much. So I'd, I'd be all for it. And he gives us a little bit more depth. Plus, he can stretch out to the perimeter a little bit, too. Yeah. Stretch four. Yeah. Like a dark type. I like it. I like it. Now, this next guy, Kelly Oubre, I've seen reports that he's real interested in going to the Spurs. What do you think about that? See, he's one name that I really, really want us to get. It's like assuming Damar's gone. If we're keeping Damar, I don't see a reason to get Uber. But it looks like Damar's gone. And if, in my opinion, this is the move I'd prefer to. The guy's only 25, and he still has a lot of potential that I think 
in San Antonio he could live up to. He averaged 15 and 6 last year yeah. on the Warriors. One of his big, biggest weaknesses is he's kind of hot and cold, and his three-point shooting is very inconsistent. But I feel like we could make him actually a pretty decent three-point shooter. He's a career... 32, 33% by an arc. Yeah. You know how I mentioned earlier that... It's terrible, but... Yeah. I think earlier this past season, didn't he like miss like 33 pointers in a row or something like that? He had some crazy streak where it was just he was just horrible from three to begin the year. Shoot, I have no idea. But he, you know how I mentioned that we need to find our next star player? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he could potentially be something like that for us. And I feel like we'd be a good fit for him. It's a position that we need to fill at the starting position, assuming DeMar's gone. And, yeah, if he lives up to the potential he can have, then yeah. it's yeah, a yeah. win-win. So that's yeah. who you want. Plus, he'd get, I feel like he'd get along well with our young core. He's like at the Murray top of your Spurs wish list is Kelly Oubre, yeah. Jr. Yep. All right. Any other guys you think the Spurs should go after? John Collins, but which I think we will. We're going to still try to offer him, I assume. From the rumors that I've heard, I don't know if we're actually interested or if it's just rumors swirling, but yeah. I'd love to land him and Ubre. Imagine if we landed him and Ubre. Yeah. There's no way I have enough cash to do that, though. Uh, how much do you think Ubre is going to want? I know he's going to want a paycheck, but. At least 16. We have like, what, 49 mil in. Cap. I don't know if you have that much. Yeah, no, yeah. We have, like, without tomorrow, we have a ton of cap space. How much do you think uh, JC's going to want? Oh, he's going to be max. If we get him, it's going to be max money. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll just have to see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But definitely, I think it's it's a success if we get Ubre. Anything less, I'd be pretty disappointed. Mm-hmm. I just feel like because Uber is entering his prime years at 25 years old, you know? So there's just a lot that could still happen with him. We lock him up through his prime. Dude, y'all pay Murray and Derek White 15 mil. Yeah. Y'all should trade one of those dudes. That, there's rumors that we're shopping them. I think Derek White's the one we need to trade. The guy's already 27, and he's injury prone. I do like him. He did win the MVP of the Celebrity Softball game. That is true. Yeah, and it's like nothing against him at all. I, I like the player he is. He's great. But when you have, like, him and Murray kind of are, we can't have them both. It's hard to have them coexist. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, like we said, Vrade's is going to start here in a couple of days, so we're going to be on the lookout and. We'll make sure those San Antonio Spurs do things right and get a championship back in the countdown city. Kelly Oubre, maybe JC. Shoot, maybe we'll just give DeMar the max. <laughs> but let's move on. <laughs> New segment. Now we're going to talk Olympic hoops. For first... Now, we're, we're going to each... Kirsten here is going to do a prediction of the rest of the bracket because we're in the quarterfinals. There's only eight teams remaining, eight countries remaining in the Olympics and hoops. So we're each going to give our predictions the rest of the way. And then uh, we'll, you know, we'll hold each other accountable. But first, 
We're going to do our Spurs Olympic around the horn. We'll start with Pop and Kelton Johnson on your Team USA. So, Christian, last time we talked, Pop was on the hot seat, about to get canned. Steve Kerr was about to take the team over. They were 0-1, lost to France. What happened after that? Well, well, we won our last two games, two big, big games. We needed to win against. We played Iran, Iran first, and we took killed two. them. What, how many did we win by? Like fifty, or well, I hope so. But it, it was I, some. It I was a. It was a big margin. But then we beat Croatia, or no, not Croatia, Czech Republic. The Czechs. We beat them by a good margin, but the thing I've noticed with them and Team USA is. When they're hitting their shots and moving the ball around, they're unstoppable. They are. But when they're struggling and or start getting into their selfish ways, as some of those players can kind of have. Plus, I feel like they don't have the chemistry a lot of times, like especially this unit, as they did in the past with like LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, people like that. But it's a good thing that we've won our last two games. We're now we're in the knockout round. And Kevin it seems Durant like took yeah. over that last game against Chick. Because it was yeah. like a what four point game at half. Yeah, until like and the third quarter. Went, yeah, he went off in the second half. Yeah. I watched a little bit of that, and he just couldn't miss. And it was like, I don't know. Everyone else couldn't miss either. It was crazy. Yeah, it was just three after they, three. Can they do that? Though? Draymond Green, I don't think has missed a three point shot in the Olympics. I have. I honestly <laughs> have not seen Draymond Green play. Was that a joke or? No, I'm being serious. Yeah, like uh, unless from the point where I heard the announcer say that maybe he missed one like in uh, garbage time, but I'm pretty sure he's 100% from three in the Olympics so far. But that guy, man, like I like him as a player, but I feel like who Draymond? Yeah, he, he's not, he's a good player to have on a team, but he can't like. I feel like he touches the ball a little bit too much, and sometimes like yeah. like wild things happen with him. Like there was one where how many tacticals does he have? Oh, he got an unsportsmanlike uh, like the equivalent of like a flagrant against uh, the Czech. He hit a guy in the face. Jeez. <laughs> Are has, we surprised though? I mean, has Calvin making any run? Not really. Since we've been winning, he hasn't played as much. They do let the Mustang loose. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I think there's one player who needs more playing time, it's JaVale McGee, especially if we hey, do I end did. up against France again. So I was, I was watching when they played the Czech Republic, and I was watching the end, and they put Keldon and McGee in at the very end, and they just kept feeding JaVale, and JaVale yeah. had finished with like eight points. Yeah. It was crazy. He couldn't miss. Yeah, like – that's like the, the thing. Best it's basketball player ever. It's hard to defend a guy like JaVale McGee in, like against most of these teams. The only team I think that can really match up against JaVale McGee is France. Yeah. There's some other good bigs around. But, dude, I don't I know. Mean, Spain, yeah. which is who they play next. Who Marcus, are their starting bigs? Dude, yeah. Marc Gasol and Pau Gasol. Yeah, okay, I'm not worried about Pau Gasol. I don't know, man. I'm not worried about Pau Gasol. Spain, that's going to be... Marcus all still has a little bit left in the tank, but yeah. are those their only two bigs? Don't they have yeah. someone else or no? Uh, I don't. I don't know. They got a bunch of dudes. Is but Rubio? Marcus all is their starting center. But they got you know Rudy Fernandez, who's like yeah. the, 
Spanish uh, Pat Beverly. And then they had uh, Usman Garuba, the new Rocket guy that we yeah, talked that, about. Yeah, that's last true. Pod. Yeah, that's true. That guy's just an energizer bunny. So they're going to have their hands full. But let's, let's move on around our Spurs Olympic around the horn and go to, I think, the best team at the Olympics right now in Australia, Patty Mills. He's still a spur for now. We probably should have talked about him earlier on the agency. Yeah, but that's he's probably true. leaving. And Rudy Gay, too. But yeah. I think Rudy Gay's gone. But Shout out to Rudy Gay. One of the best spurs to ever do it. He's, he's been great for us, actually. But he needs to go <laughs> uh, to a contender. But anyway, so Patty Mills in Australia. They're 3-0. and they're, Who do they play in the Argentina. knockout round? Argentina, who? Yeah. Has lost to Slovenia and lost to Spain, so they're they're one of those teams that are going into the knockout round one and two. And I and I'll tell you something right now, Manu Ginobili is not walking through that door. So Australia has a real good chance, I think. I mean, what do you think? You think Patty Mills can do it? Definitely. Well, they have what Mills, Delavadova, Thibuli, yeah. Aaron Baines, yeah. Joe Ingles. Yeah. So they have a lot of good talent. but Josh Smith, or Josh Green, the, the Mavericks guy that sucks and never plays. He doesn't even play on Australia. <laughs> we could have but, Sadiq Bay, but we drafted Australia's 12th man. But anyways, I mean, they're hot. He's only there because Ben Simmons isn't. <laughs> yeah. They're hot, and, you know, time will tell. But... I think they have a practically guaranteed. You can't guarantee any win in this round, but they're going to be Argentina. I'd be yeah. very surprised if they lost. Argentina just doesn't have enough. Then you know, you know, if U.S. upsets Spain and Australia takes care of Argentina, that's who will meet up in the semis right there. Yeah. Pop versus Pat. Pat versus Pop. You know how many players or ex-players Pop is going to face in like just that bracket right there. He'll, he'll have, like, against Australia, he'll have Aaron, Aaron Baines and Mills. And then against Spain, he's going to have Pau Gasol. Yeah. But, That's what happens when you yeah. coach till you're 97 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Every player's played for you at least once, but... All right. Is, now, Bell, is Bellinelli with Italy? I don't think so, right? Shoot, he might be. He might. I wish Davide Moretti was. Yeah. They could use him, I feel like. I'd watch. I'd watch every second of Italia football after our big soccer championship. But anyways, now we're going to predict the rest of the Olympic slate here, okay? Do you want me to start us off, or you want to go first? Go for it. All right. So there's eight teams left. You got Italy, France, Slovenia, Germany, Spain, Team USA, Australia, and Argentina. Okay, first matchup: Italy versus France. Who do I get? I got France in a blowout. Okay, so France moves on. Who will they play? They'll play the winner of Slovenia and Germany. And now let me tell you something: Dirk's not walking through that door. Slovenia and Luka Doncic, who is we haven't talked about much on here, but that's another team that is can compete for the gold with Australia and and uh, Team USA. Slovenia is red hot right now. They keep it going. So then it'll be Slovenia and France facing off in the semis. On the other side of the bracket, 
You got Team USA versus Spain. Now, this is going to be, you know, I know Team USA lost to France, but this Spain team's no joke. This might be the best team they faced. I'm going Team USA, though, in the upset. You think Spain's better than France? Yeah. I do. Really? Okay. Pro- they're proven. They're just old. A yeah. lot of them are old. Yeah. That's my concern. They have experience. Yeah. So Team USA moves on, then Australia's going to beat Argentina by 74 points. Mark it down. So now you got the semis. France versus Slovenia. Team USA versus Australia. Do you have the same semis? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, me and you both, we got the same semifinals. Okay? So, France, Slovenia on one side. Team USA and Australia on the other side. France and Slovenia, give me my guy 77. I'm taking Slovenia over France. So, Slovenia moves on to the gold medal game. And then... Team USA versus Australia. I've got Australia upsetting Team USA and moving on to the gold medal game. So my gold medal game, Australia versus Slovenia. You think I'm going against Luca? I'm not. I'm picking Slovenia. I got a little... I went to Vegas a couple weeks ago. I'm going to show you something real quick. I'm going to show the viewers this. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I know they could definitely get it done. You like that? Yeah. You see, you're picking Slovenia all the way. That's right. I got a little bet slip right here, bet MGM. Straight bet, Slovenia. Threw 20 bucks on, pays 400. It'll happen. I'm picking Slovenia to take the gold. Your turn, Chris. So I can't see how Australia or France lose to their matchups of Argentina and France or Italy. So I see France and Argentina moving on, or France and Australia moving on, and then I have USA beating Spain. So it'll be Australia versus Team USA, which is going to be a really good matchup. And then I have Slovenia playing France. And then in that bracket, I have, uh, after that, I have, uh, I want to, I'm going to say France beating Slovenia, but it's going to, I could easily see Slovenia beating France. And then that, so I have France going to the gold medal game and then. I can't go against Team USA, so I'm going to pick USA beating Australia. But then again, to me, USA's got this whole thing locked up if they make their shots. If they're struggling on offense and struggling from defense and all that stuff, they're going to be knocked out against Spain tomorrow. But, I mean, we'll see. So, so I you have got USA beating France. France. Yeah. The rematch. Put that on a poster. All right? Yep. We throwing cash on it? Let's make it off the record. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. Christian's taking Team USA, taking the chalk. And I'm going out on, the, on, on a bridge here. I'm taking Luka Doncic and the Slovenia Wolves. But 
That's that does it for Olympic hoop talk right there. We've got a major pod. Is this I guess major podcast announcement? Breaking news. Yeah. You want to do the honors? You want me to? Go for it. It's your team. <laughs> Sporting around in San Antonio podcast episode two. Breaking news. And this is this is tough. We've put a lot of thought into this. But the official baseball team of this podcast is the Texas Rangers. There we go. Celebrate good times. Come on. Woo. But anyways, all right, so the MLB trade deadline just went down. Okay. Are you going to tell me who your favorite team is? Yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan, so... I'm just kidding. At least they're not the Astros. But anyways, what did, we'll start with you. What did the uh, Red Sox do? Who did they get? I mean, we got a pretty great trade for or Kyle Schwarber. Oh, former Cubs, great. Yeah. He's hurt right now, but I think the plan is we're working him out for first base. And we could really use his... Has he offense. ever played first? No. Jeez. But if anything, I mean, he'll play outfield. Or he could even catch, which means we could move maybe Plawecki to first base. And But we'll see. He'll, he'll come back in like a couple weeks, and we could really use his bat. We at Just right around the same time, actually, we'll be getting Chris Sale back, too. Sale! So you could kind of consider... Uh, Chris Sale, a part of like the trade deadline moves and why we didn't necessarily go after pitching as well as we could have. Who is it? Who? The pitcher. Chris Sale. Sale! <laughs> he helped Never us win in 2018, him. but he's our ace. If he can come back to form and we get Kyle Schwarber back at the same time, the AL East race is going to be interesting. AL East got a lot better. Meanwhile, the Red Sox kind of stayed just about the same, but... With Schwarber and Sale, we'll, it will be pretty good. I just hope we can keep first place. Well, actually, I think we lost it yesterday, but we're in second right now. Well, we still get a lot of baseball to play, yeah. so we'll, we'll keep it checking in on your Red Sox. But this is a Texas podcast. Let's talk about the Texas team. We'll start with the Astros, who is not the official baseball team of this podcast. No way. But we'll talk about them just because. They, they didn't really do much either, but they did – Get about three relievers, and one of those guys is Kendall Graveman, who's just having a great year. He was on the Mariners, now he's an Astro, so that will. They were looking to sure up their bullpen because they're they're in first place right now in the AL West, and they might even be in first place the whole AL. They're having a really good year, maybe, but they sured up their pen and trying to go and get a World Series because you know they haven't had one ever. They had that one, but they cheated to get one. Moving on, though. We we need, like, a, a song right now. You know what I mean? Like, this is the official baseball <laughs> team of your podcast. But anyways, the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Woo! The worst team in baseball. What did the Rangers do, Christian? 
They traded pretty much anyone relevant on their team. They did. They traded yeah. Joey Gallo, which... He did decline to sign an extension, so yeah. it, it made sense. Because he's got Scott Boris as his agent. Yeah. That guy, you can't work with that guy. That guy sucks. I'm honestly not a fan of Gallo. I, I like his defense, his power, but just... I, for the Yankees, it didn't make sense to me. Why? Okay, so he helps their defense. Dude, he's going to hit like 60 home runs a year at that stadium. Okay, but look at his strikeout rate. Dude, they went down though. He's, he also He walks. hits 220. He leads the MLB in walks. He hits 220. Okay, but he leads the MLB in walks. He gets on base. What's his on base percentage? Look at that. He's a gold glove right fielder. Okay, but also look at what the Yankees' weaknesses are. Now, okay, now actually, I will say getting Anthony Rizzo was a big move for them, which he's actually doing great already. He already has two home runs in back-to-back nights for the Yankees. But Has Gallo played yet? Yeah, I think he's playing. He hasn't done what Rizzo's done, but he's probably striking out. Like, check him out. He's he probably striking out like three times already. But They play tonight? Uh, they're probably playing now. Red Sox and Rays on Sunday Night yeah, Baseball. Yeah, I'm going to tune into that. It's for first place. Let's see. We're Yankees, half a game back. Yankees played today. Let's check but, out Gallo. But anyway, going just real quickly. Oh, one for four today. Who? Gallo? Yeah. Gallo. Three strikeouts? Yeah. I doubt it. You only appreciate Gallo's game if you watch Gallo. I appreciate his defense. He's, I mean, his on-base percentage is pretty good, dude. He leads the MLB in walks. And is that what the Yankees needed? Seems like they needed starting pitching. Well, so they shouldn't improve their team at all? Did it really improve their team? Yeah. Anthony Rizzo seems to have already improved their team, but I haven't seen anything that Gallo's done after So he all. sucks? Gallo sucks? For the Yankees, I, I believe so. Oh. It wasn't the right move. Okay. Dang. I feel like he would have helped a lot of other teams more than what he'll do for the Yankees. Well, the Yankees went out there and got it done. They're only six and a half back. Yep. They've won three straight. They're about to pass your Red Sox. No, they're not. Six and a half back, down. Six games back to the Red Sox. That's not about to pass the Red Sox. We'll see. I think they'll do it. Not as long as they don't have pitching. Well, maybe some pitching will come along. You no, know, someone who's probably going to pass the Red Sox is the Blue Jays. I call them winning the whole AL East this year now, after the trade deadline. Shoot, they're seven games back from the Red Sox. But they're the most improved team at the deadline. We'll see. Time will tell. But also, the Rangers traded KG, the best pitcher in baseball, to the Phillies, along with Ian Kennedy who was the Rangers' closer but really got zero save opportunities. For, uh, for We didn't even talk about who the Rangers got for Gallo. Couple About four prospects who hopefully will pan out. We'll see. I've heard good things about. Yeah, that was a great trade for the Rangers, 100%. So, we'll, you know, we'll look at hopefully in five years that will pan out for the Rangers. But right now they suck. But. KG and Ian Kennedy did get you one pitcher that's currently on the roster now. A young guy, Spencer Howard. So, we'll get to watch him and maybe... I will tell you one thing that the Rangers have done good lately. And that's... 
What, what do you think I'm going to say? Draft? Not well, draft, but they've turned pitchers' careers around. You look at Lance Lynn, you look at Mike Miner, you look at KG. You know, I think they've been developing pitching pretty successfully for a while now. Is it developing pitching or just revitalizing a career? I'd say both. Is Who have they developed so far? And that's come up and done anything. Okay, well, I'm talking about KG. Yeah, but you didn't develop them. You just okay, sorry. You didn't, I mean. Okay, never mind. Horrible sports point by me. Moving on. Developing is like what Jack Leiter will do. If he becomes an ace, yeah, that's great on y'all's part. Same with Allard. He starts getting his career around. Yeah, that's development. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe they can develop Spencer Howard. We'll see. Yeah. But anyways, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think the Rangers did really good for what they had. It, it was pretty, like, they were going to trade those guys. Everyone kind of knew they were going to trade KG, Kennedy, and Gallo. And I think they did... They capitalized the best that they possibly could for those trades. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially no after Gallo said he didn't want to sign an extension, they got a good haul from the Yankees. Yeah. It's always good when you can get. They didn't get, like, that superstar prospect, but they got four decent ones. Yeah. Maybe a couple of them can turn into a superstar. Or just, you know, you still need those solid play. Not everyone's going to be a superstar, you know. You, every good championship team. Needs solid players, though. So maybe those guys will turn into that. Yeah. But I think that's it for today, episode two. You got anything else? That's it for my end. We didn't really get much Cowboys today, but that's because there's not much Cowboys going on. But there will be shortly. As next Thursday, they start the preseason off. And then we got Hard Knocks coming through. We're going to watch Hard Knocks, and we'll review each episode on here. So... Thank you, San Antonio. And uh, big sports week coming up. Summer league coming up. Yeah. Olympics. Josh Primo. Josh Cousin. But we'll see y'all. Y'all have a great day. Christian here. Jake there. We're signing off. Peace out. See you next week.